Whether you have a diagnosis or not, I don't care. I'll teach you how to find what's causing your health struggles using the blood work you already have right here on this podcast, but also in my new book, Why Are My Labs Normal? Go grab it on Amazon and let me know you love it and appreciate the knowledge by leaving a review for both the book and this podcast. Practitioners, you can now register for the In This Together live event with me in Orlando, Florida, February 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Grab the link to register below, get all the details, and know that we're in this together. We're going to celebrate you at this event, and I'm going to bring in the best mindset, marketing, and business experts. But more importantly, I can't wait to meet you in person and give you the biggest hug. See you in Orlando in February 20, 21st, and 22nd. If you haven't started using systemic formulas supplements yet, you should be. Go to systemicformulas.com and mybiome.com, M-Y-B-Y-O-M-E to learn more. You can also come join me inside their private Facebook group for practitioners called Systemic Formulas Clinical Nutrition. Everyone else can learn more about them and their amazing supplements and their amazing results on Systemic Formulas Instagram page. All right, let's get started and happy holidays. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. We're going to talk about the heart today. And if you have any concerns about your heart, whether it be family history or current scenario, Dr. Latanza is the doctor you need to see. She is in Scottsdale, Arizona, but she does treats everybody all over the world. So you can find her at on Instagram at Dr. Latanza, T-A-L-A-T-T-A-N-Z-A or also find her on the website, Natural Heart Doctor. Today's topic of conversation is the heart because it's the number one killer across the entire United States. So welcome on. I might call you Dr. Lauren here and there. Is that okay? Absolutely. Lauren, Dr. L, you you name it, we're good. Glad (laughs) to be here. So, So nice to see you again. So yeah, Dr. Lauren and I met at a conference last October. So about almost a year ago now um, at ECO. And uh, got to know each other there a little bit. She was around me when I was doing this whole crazy thing, like, I'm going to go get on TikTok for the first time ever. <laughs> and so that's where I did it. was the first time on at Eco because a colleague was like, you're missing out if you're not on TikTok. So fine, whatever, I'm going to do it. And then she starts posting all this stuff. I'm like, dang, girl. <laughs> like, I need to meet up with you. We need to connect. So if you're not following her on Instagram, you definitely need to because we all have hearts. And we all need to take care of them much better because we don't think about it typically till it's too late, right? Yeah. I mean, like like you said, cardiac disease, heart disease is the number one killer across the U.S. Um, and really even globally. But so many times the first symptom of heart disease can be a heart attack. So if we, you know, if, especially if we have family history, but just because, you know, maybe your, your family members have lived well into their 80s, 90s. Um, and beyond natural heart doctor, we are the home of the 100 year heart. So we are looking to optimize your heart um, and keep you young and even, you know, into your seventies, eighties and beyond so that you, you don't feel the impact of kind of the oxidative and inflammatory world that we live in. So we have to do some prevention, you know, uh, I think it was Ben Franklin that said, uh, ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So if we don't know what we're dealing with, we don't know the starting, the baseline of where we are with our cardiac function and 
we don't know how we're going to proceed. So we, we've got to get some baseline understanding, um, mitigate the disease factors, mitigate risk factors. Um, but really just understanding where you're at is, I think, arguably the most important part. What's the best way for people to, to get that understanding? So we do what we call an advanced cardiac panel. So um, it's a blood test and it's kind of like standard labs. I mean, really anymore, it's what's, I think, in the conventional model, the labs that are run is really an antiquated look at risk factors. So it's it's more than just HDL versus LDL. It's more than just uh, what's your fasting blood sugar. It's a matter of looking at inflammatory factors, specifically cardiovascular inflammation. Um, are your LDL particles oxidizing? Are your LDL particles small and dense? How many LDL particles do you have? How many HDL particles do you have? Um, and inflammatory, a lot of, you know, a lot of doctors won't run CRP or HSCRP just because it's like, okay, so it's high. Now what do we do? But we have to know. We have to know. And then we have to bring that inflammation down. We have to figure out the whys. So why is your blood pressure high? Is it because you have systemic inflammation? Okay. What's the cause of that systemic inflammation that's driving that blood pressure so high? Yeah. So not just a cholesterol panel. No. You want to go deeper. So more than just a cholesterol panel. Um, you know, we, we want to know some of these newly identified, not, not even newly identified. I mean, these are like 20 year old markers anymore, but it's just, it's, for whatever reason, the conventional model just really has a hard time accepting that we need to run these markers. And it's not just five, six markers on every patient, but there are dozens of markers that we need to know and understand so that we can identify the true risk. Um, so like lipoprotein little a, extremely genetic component. Um, but we have to know if you're somebody that cranks out a, lot, a bunch of lipoprotein little a, or if you're not. Um, and in the case that you are, we really need to, like I said, mitigate other risk factors to bring down that uh, overall cardiovascular risk. I don't even know what that does. What does lipoprotein little a do? So lipoprotein little a, it's, it's kind of like um, you can picture like a cholesterol molecule with like a little wing nut that just makes it, <laughs> that just makes it a little bit it makes it a much more higher risk factor for depositing plaques, um, thereby increasing risk of vulnerable plaques that can embolize and contribute to heart attack and stroke. Okay. And the only way to get that's on an advanced cardiac panel, like you're not going to go to your doctor and say, hey, can you ask, can you run this lipoprotein? And any doctor can run it. Any doctor can run any of these things that I run. And so we will use like Vibrant America or Cleveland Heart. Any doctor across America can order through Cleveland Heart Lab. Um, and they can run our, all of these markers that we run, but they just don't. So it's not, and you can ask your doctors to run these things, um, but whether or not that they feel, you know, is it, I don't know if it's well-versed or if it's that they just don't think that their insurance will cover it or whatever that might be, um, they just don't always run them. Yeah, and that's more than just like, this is extensive panel. Um, go ask a doctor to run this and the doctor is in charge of whatever lab they are responsible for reading and interpreting that lab. And if they don't feel comfortable doing it, they're not going to order that lab for you. So like I said, go follow our doctor, Lauren, and at on her Instagram channel and you can start paying attention, go work with her at natural heart doctor, um, find her on the website. But so heart we often don't see symptoms until it's too late. 
what are some simple avenues, steps that people can take right now to just better improve their heart function? Yeah. So like I said, prevention is really the best cure. So eating a nutritious diet. I mean, I I think that it's over 60% of the American diet comes from ultra processed foods. Those are full of oxidative inflammatory seed oils. So you want to avoid the canola oils, the corn oils, the soybean oils, these inflammatory and oxidative oils that are honestly kind of omnipresent. So it, you pick up a salad dressing from the from the grocery store and you flip the label, likely the first ingredient is going to be canola oil. So it's just a matter of really kind of cleaning up your diet first and foremost. I think that the diet is an excellent place to start. So I personally strongly suggest um, a paleo approach to diet. That's a a good way to kind of bring down, especially like gluten in the diet. So some of these kind of things that across the board were better without. So gluten, grains, uh, dairy, some of these things, if you're on a paleo diet, those are going to be avoided. Um, Beyond that, of course, you want to move your body. So exercise, I'm really a, a big proponent of increasing muscular demand. So if you increase muscular demand, so you pick up heavy things, you walk up a hill, um, particularly the larger muscle groups of your body, that's where you get the most change, like an increase in HDL, um, increase to insulin sensitivity. So we really want to work to avoid um, insulin resistance, so thereby um you know, decreasing a lot of other risk factors, which we can certainly go on into, but um, keeping the blood sugar well managed. Um, so keeping your body moving, increasing muscular demand. Um, you know, I, I think that in terms of cardio, there's many benefits to be had by cardiovascular exercise, but not everybody really likes it. I think that if you do hit so high intensity interval training, then that's really where the studies are showing the most cardiovascular benefits. So rather than running marathons that can be really sort of deteriorating on your body, um, doing some interval training um, and picking up heavy things, that's going to be the most bang for your buck. And then also stress management is such a key tenant of cardiovascular health. Um, So if you are just constantly stressed out, anxious, depressed, that triggers cortisol and cortisol being persisted over time is inflammatory. It increases your blood sugar. So really, I think that it's an often overlooked approach to lifestyle is stress management. And it's real easy, you know, to sit here in my doctor chair and say, oh, just manage your stress better. Because what works for one person doesn't work for everybody. Uh, it'd be real nice if everybody had two hours a day to meditate, but that's just not the world we live in, unfortunately. If you've got that kind of time, do it. Your, your body will thank you for it. Um, but finding ways, I, I, you know, stop and do some deep breathing. So like four square breathing, inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold. So stopping and kind of... Um, doing some biofeedback. So you're telling your body, nope, we're in a calm state. We're, we're not increasing the heart rate, increasing the blood pressure. We're having, you know, long, deep breaths, not shallow breathing. So kind of taking back the driver's seat uh, in terms of managing that just momentum, that moment of stress um, and then getting good quality sleep. So I think that it's really the foundational pieces that are all 
just so important. Getting in the sunshine, getting sleep, proper nutrition, um, and stress management, and moving your body is really the core of cardiovascular prevention. Would you mind walking us through that breathing technique you just zipped through? Oh, yes. Yeah, walk walk yeah, me through it. it. Absolutely. So it's a good one to kind of keep in your back pocket because when we feel so overwhelmed, that's not the time that we have to go walk away and meditate for two hours, right? It's the time where we're like, man, I've got to focus. I've got to get back into this and I've got to be clear headed. Um, so I tell my patients, so you can do four square breathing. So you picture a square and big about, um, so I'm doing a little one of these. So you inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four. Hold you're for talking four. like four seconds, right? Four seconds. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's like you're doing a square. So inhale for four seconds. Hold for four seconds. Exhale deeply and completely at getting every last bit of air out of your lungs for four seconds and then holding for four seconds before you repeat. It's like hard. It's hard for me to breathe, <laughs> right? to breathe in for that yeah, long. It is. And so you and will exhale you that long. need to work up to that. Um, so even if you just fully, completely inhale, Hold for two, so you can do four, two, four, two to kind of get yourself there. Um, but the important part is that you're getting every last bit, so you're really um, using that diaphragm to get every last bit of air out of those lungs, and then holding for just even a second before fully filling up all the spaces in your lungs. And again, this is like a, a biofeedback technique that goes back to your vagus nerve, which is a cranial nerve, very important for all systems across the body. Um, and it kind of just says, hey, no, we're, we're not in this shallow breathing. We're, we're not in this ang anxious state. We're taking a moment and we're getting back to deep breathing, slowing your heart rate, and then you have more uh, clear thought. Yeah. All right, guys, four square breathing. I want to challenge you to do it once, twice, three times a day. Pair it with your meals. So before you eat, before you sit down oh, yeah. and shove food in your mouth, just do a couple breaths. Take 30 seconds and do it three times and calm your nervous system down. So then that way you could digest your food better too, because now you're in a Absolutely. parasympathetic state. Absolutely. And you know what? I'm glad that you actually mentioned that before eating because eating in an anxious state is prone, is shown to increase uh, inflammation. Which is going to impact not only the heart, but everything. Right. Right. And really the, the root cause of heart disease is inflammation. And so it's, it's my job to identify the source of that inflammation. What's causing the inflammation? Is it some underlying gut, leaky gut we find often? Is there some nutrient deficiency? Is there some toxic overload? Are you living in a moldy home and you're breathing in mycotoxins every day? So uh, we do a lot of, uh, beyond the advanced cardiac panel to see what the risk factors are, we do a lot of advanced testing to figure out what the root cause of um, those things are. How often do you find mold? A lot. <laughs> That's why I brought it up. Um, I find I never find a completely clean mold panel. Never. And these are from all over the world, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. 
yeah. So you're doing the ERMI test. Yeah. Well, so that's, I use the ERMI test when we find, so I do uh, urinary testing to test for mycotoxins. So if they're being exposed okay. to it, their body's excreting it. Um, and then we can quantify, you know, how, uh, how much is it ongoing current exposure? Was it maybe you had some moldy peanuts last week and you're kind of just clearing that. Um, so we can figure out what that is, um, get the species. Is it a species that's more prone to be in a damp indoor environment? Um, and then that's when we bring in the ERMI testing. So, you, you know, again, it's really easy for me to say, okay, stop living in this moldy environment, but that's where, you know, home remediation and all this comes in. And it's oftentimes I find hard to sell the spouse on, Hey, no, we've got this mold in the home, but so the ERMI test to me is a really good tool to co correlate the molds that I'm excreting through my urine and the molds that's being swept up in the dust in our home. And when we find that match, then, then it's kind of undeniable that there needs to be some work done in the home to correct that. Yeah. And um, take this seriously, guys. Like, Oh, yeah. My husband's a roofing, and so he'll tear up on the roof and discover black mold. And we're in Utah where there's four seasons. Mm -hmm. It's really common. Oh, it's yeah. eerily common. Oh, I'm in Scottsdale. Houses. I have local patients that, and you think well, it's bone dry here. There's no way mold's going to grow. No, no. It finds a way. It gets trapped behind a shower. It gets trapped underneath, I mean, air conditioning units, laundry mm -hmm. rooms, bathrooms. It gets trapped and it grows and then we breathe it. And I tell you, I have got patients thirties, forties, and they come in and they're like barely functioning until we can identify and start working to rid this. And now, and then it's like, they're an entirely different person. Yeah. Yeah. He'll tell people like, we're going to take this all out. We're going to remove, build you a new roof. And then they'll get a, he'll get a call like a month later. Like I'm breathing so much better. My allergies are gone. I'm actually, you know, my energy levels are up, my testosterone's up, like whatever it is, it has such a dramatic impact on our health. Yeah. That if you're living in mold, let's face this, we all breathe mold in, period, end of story. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of how much. And if there is a mold situation in your home, you will spend more money on your health because of it than you will taking care of the problem. Right. And so many people are like, oh my gosh, it's $30,000 to re to renovate my home. Yeah. A heart attack is how much your life. Exactly. We have to, what's the it. value of your health to you? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to work to prevent that. And again, if you're kind of on the fence about, you know, I've got these weird symptoms and my labs are always normal. Um, well, we have to do more digging and we have to find out what's really going on because there's not always outright changes on a CBC or CMP, um, we have to do some more digging because you're not feeling good. You're feeling this, this brain fog, this sinus issues, um, lots of mucus production, digestive upset, um, difficulty sleeping, insomnia, which if you can't sleep, then you contribute to more and more significant health issues down the line. Um, so we have to work to identify what it is that's going on and get rid of that in your daily life. Do you find mold correlated with uh, high blood pressure? Oh, all the time. All the time. What else? In regards to the heart specifically. Cholesterol, um, high well, blood pressure. I, I Those I are mean, the first things that come into my mind. What was it? 
So cholesterol and, and blood pressure, the first things that come to my mind, but I'm no CART specialist. So yeah, I mean, really uh, high blood pressure and arrhythmias are the two most common symptoms that I find associated with mold. Um, arrhythmias kind of are just notorious for being, you either have to have a, an ablation or you have to have a pacemaker or you have to have medications or some combination of all of that. Um, but we really work to identify the cause, get rid of the cause, and then you don't have to choose between those three not very good options. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a thought come into my mind. Um, my grandma died of cardiovascular disease. Mm -hmm. And the crazy part is, is she went in to get, I think a bypass done. I might be telling the story wrong, but some, some type of surgery done on her heart. And the surgeon went in, he's like, mm, everything is calcified. I can't even get a needle through anything. Wow. Stage four congestive heart failure. And when we found out the news, I'm thinking, well, where was the care for the last 10 years? Why is it all of a sudden that we're discovering this now? There is no sense of prevention. Yeah. There is no sense of prevention. I mean, she was still that generation. Dr. Wolfson, Jack Wolfson, who you're working with, is a, is a different breed. Oh, he is. Because he's of that generation that, like my grandma, um, did everything her doctor said. And when her doctor said that sodium is bad for your heart, she cut all sodium out. And so <laughs> just like, well, everyone's telling me, like, well, grandma, <laughs> there's some new studies now that show you can still have sodium or... <laughs> My grandpa, her husband, had Parkinson's for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And Parkinson's led to Alzheimer's and so on and so forth. And and she would just be like, well, it always happens to people with Parkinson's. I would just kindly like flush in. They're like, grandma, there's actually some new studies out now that it doesn't need to be that way. But Right. Right. And I mean, if, we, open, if so. we go into, you know, I would say as, as soon as you can start. So if you're 25, start now. If you're 35, start now. If you're 65, start now. Considering that your lifestyle has the greatest impact, it's the things that we do day in and day out, this repetitive ingestion of different foods, the repetitive action of moving your body, repetitive, I get sunshine. Like we're, we're humans. We just need some foundational things and we have to do those in a, in a good way, a good, clean way. So if Day in and day out, we're ingesting inflammatory foods, we're tearing up our gut, we're not sleeping enough through the night, we're snoring, so we're oxygen deprived through the night. Uh, I mean, all of these things will just accumulate and accumulate and accumulate. And I often tell patients the issues are in the tissues. Like if we don't address it, your body is storing onto this all day, every day. Um, so we have to work to undo that. And, you know, you can prevent, I would say... You can prevent dementia. You can prevent heart disease. You can prevent autoimmune diseases if you just have a really high quality lifestyle. Yeah, it's again, what is the value of your health to you? Whether you're going to pay medical bills or you're going to pay it in other ways, you're going to pay it. Exactly. Exactly. So, okay, cool. Um, I know in the back of my mind, I think a lot of listeners are are thinking, well, I, I know someone who died of a heart attack at like 42, mm -hmm. or I know someone who died of literally, it's just like heart attacks that come to my mind or mm -hmm. strokes, but that's a different story. Um, what would you say in that scenario? 
Um, I, and I'll, I'll caveat this to the one that is prevalent in my mind. Um, his family will tell you that he worked himself to death mm-hmm. and he had a heart attack at 42. It's like chronic stress. Like that. I mean, your body is in constant overdrive and you're constantly pumping out adrenaline and cortisol and these hormones that it's just triggering an inflammatory cascade. So like, I mean, it's the basis of all disease. I don't care what kind of disease, what system, what organ system it's surrounding. The basis of all disease is oxidation and inflammation. So again, it's... What is oxidation? Will you explain that to us? Yeah, so oxidation, so we all know the term anti-inflammatory or antioxidant, right? So if it's antioxidant, then it's preventing this oxidation. So things that are oxidized, you can consider like, like, for example, we always measure um, oxidized LDL. So oxidized LDL is like a rusty cholesterol molecule. Things that are rusty are corrosive and damaging. Do you want an oxidized particle bumping into the inside of your blood vessels? No, that's going to be corrosive and damaging. And that's where you can get plaque deposition. So if you've got an onslaught of oxidation going on and your body's constantly trying to fight it in terms of being antioxidant. Um, so your body is constantly working against it, but if we're continuing to ingest and, you know, smoke and and come into contact with these oxidizing particles, just by way of the world we live in, um, it's going to make it a lot harder for your body to continue to clear these things. Um, and that's why, you know, I would say staying up on the antioxidants like glutathione is a major antioxidant in your body. Um, produced by the liver, but if we want to do some additional support, that's a great way to do that is take some N-acetylcysteine, glutathione, vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E, all of these antioxidants that help to quench this oxidative kind of reaction that always is going on in your body. Yeah. I think about oxidizing as like cell damage. Exactly. Things that are going in and destroying the cells. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So we've talked about five tips, six tips, actually, six tips to bettering your heart function. And they're really just simple things that we can do right now. Number one, avoid seed oils. Number two, take a paleo approach to your diet because you're just naturally going to eat more whole foods. Three, exercise. I love HIT too. HIT yes. training is my favorite. Just personally, if I'm going to exercise, it's going to be HIT training. Yeah. I can do more in 20 to 30 minutes of a HIT training session than I can in three hours of cardio. And I just prefer that. Number four, stress management. Um, as you all know, I'm a big component of let's figure out what the stressor is on the inside of the body so we can handle the external stressors even better. Number five, good quality sleep and sunshine, I wrote down. Thank you. (laughs) And number six, practice the four square breathing technique or the method. Absolutely. And I will add one more on there. Seven. See your chiropractor. Interesting you say that. Why? As a chiropractor, that would not be what comes to my mind. Well, and it's patients will, I'm coming into you because of a, you know, I've got high blood pressure. Why are you telling me to see a chiropractor? Like, your central nervous system is encased in your spinal column. If you've got a subluxation, if you got something off in your spinal column, there are going to be downstream effects. So when I can't tell you how many times patients call me, my blood pressure won't go down. It's been, you know, 160 over 90 for the last four days. Go see your chiropractor and then call me. Nine times out of 10, 
done. Hmm. I'm going to make an appointment with my chiropractor. There you go. <laughs> Be like, oh, I just want to make sure my heart's good. And I'm going to do that by yeah. helping out my central nervous system. And ultimately, it's going to affect everything because that helps your parasympathetic, your sympathetic. Absolutely. And your nervous system is your controller. It tells your exactly. body what to do. Mm-hmm. So number seven, see a chiropractor. Yeah. I like that. Every <laughs> chiropractor listening is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're rooting you on. Okay, Dr. Lauren, last tidbit here for the practitioners who are listening. Say you lost everything. You lost your practice, really from a business standpoint. What would you do if you had to start over? I mean, you just got to go back to your foundational thing. So if that's my foundation of what I really find to be the most important core of health, and if I'm still trying to convey the message of health, um, to people across the U.S. and across the globe, I go back to the foundational pieces I know. Um, yeah, maybe you get on social media, maybe you kind of network about that, but really it's staying true to yourself and staying true to what you know and believe. When it comes to social media, give one tip because I know you're killing it on IG. <laughs> Thanks. I feel like I'm just a little snarky about it. I kind of see um, somebody post a reel or something. I'm like, Oh no, this is what I see when I hear that audio clip or this is like, it just, you you have to kind of put it in your own perspective. So really it's about just kind of being true to yourself and um, not trying to copy or be what everybody else is doing. It's just about making it your own, making it you. Yeah. Speaking your language, attracting your tribe. Integrity goes a long way. Authenticity. Yeah. All right, Dr. Lauren, if you haven't followed her yet on Instagram, go do it. Dr. Latanza, L-A-T-T-A-N-Z-A. She works with the Natural Heart Doctor, home of the 100-Year Heart. Yep. That's the website. So go find her, Dr. Lauren Latanza. Thank you so much for joining us today, and I'm glad to connect with you once again. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Hasn't this season just been so good? We will end it right before Christmas on December 22nd and be back in January for more. Now, along with our incredible in-person event in this Together Live in Orlando, Florida, you have one last opportunity to come join me live over the virtual Zoom feed. December 13th and 14th is the final live Master Bloodwork event with a twist. December 13th and 14th block the dates 1 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern both days. Go to the link below to learn more and register. You can also register for the conference right now and get your early bird pricing. All right, let's get going and let's impact the world one life at a time, one podcast episode at a time.